Uh, hi there and welcome to another episode of the uh, Colson Boutique Show. My name is Daniel Patterson. Uh, with me today, you could say someone who is disrupting the food industry for all the right reasons. Uh, working exclusively in the past with the likes of Pretz, Pools, Gales Bakery, Whole Foods, and now heading up his own empires, VNK and the Italian Revolution Limited, Gabriel Gori. Gabriel, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're more than welcome, and thank you for joining us today. And could you ex- uh, please explain to our viewers and listeners a bit about yourself, how you started off within the food industry, and how you transitioned from the likes of Pret, Pools, Whole Foods, etc., to now heading up um, VNK and the Italian Revolution? Well, I uh, came into this country as an unskilled worker in 2000 um, and started washing dishes for admin or catering as a, uh, for, for a catering agency. Um, originally, I actually came to this country to be a musician. Um, but when I got here and started hanging around with musicians, realized they were all living in, pro- in poverty. So I decided to get myself a job. Okay. Um, and Pret was my... Um, my two-go plays because they were playing jazz um, in the mm. shops and I thought it was a good environment for me. Um, and I was lucky enough to uh, find a company that taught me a lot of the basics of what I know today and gave me the passion for, you know, for what I'm doing today. Yes. Uh, so lots of the, um, you know, the basic skills uh, and the leadership skills that I've got today, they come from, from my training at Pratt. Um, and then throughout the years, I was lucky enough to work with, you know, with, with, with companies, mostly with, with mentors and managers that, that grew my skills and, um, and helped me uh, grow in the industry. Um, so I moved from Pret to um, to Paul, uh, Paul UK, as a, uh, a junior manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with them for a few years and I ran um, a few shops in the, in the centre of London until I met um, uh, the guys at Gales uh, while I was working in Hampstead. Um, and I was offered a, a position as an area manager for them. Um, and which was a, you know, a very a very good change, very good company at the time. It was still very small, very independent. Yes. Um, and I um, I've been with them for a few years, opened a few new sites, and moved on to um, onto a couple of independent in so to land uh, Whole Foods eventually mm-hmm. uh, in High Street Kensington as a uh, food, wow. uh, as a, a food team leader, prepared food team leader, um, and worked with another small in. Independent after Whole Foods, uh, Bees of Bloomsbury, mm-hmm. and that led to uh, to the start of my self-employment in 2015, uh, where basically I started doing what I was doing already, so helping clients operationally, from you know starting up to bettering the the, the, the operation, um, until I met my partners a couple of years ago, and uh, yeah. BNK Group Limited was formed in the UK, wow. um, and eventually. The the opportunity in Camden Market um, came up about 18 months ago uh, that's and that's why the Italian Revolution was born in joint venture with, with Baladem Brewery okay. um, in Italy Wow! Um, and that's where we are now in Camden. Wow, it's funny because I, I enjoy going to Pratt still in, uh, in Richmond and you're right, one of the things 
customer service, great. The food, very fresh. The music, as you mentioned, very good music. Um, when I used to live in West Kensington, actually, uh, we always used to go to the Whole Foods there. Great mm-hmm. wine selection, but also a beautiful layout. Because I believe is there an, it's, it's an upstairs as well as a downstairs, right? That, that was my venue, actually. Yeah, the, the venue floor, as they call it, yes. um, is like a restaurant floor. It is. Um, great restaurant as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we, 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 we used to call it uh, porn food. <laughs> oh, sorry, food, food porn. Yeah, food porn, yeah. uh, whole foods because, because of the display and all of the colors and everything. Yeah. No, it's beautiful, definitely. Mm-hmm. And that's what enticed you in there. You, you are paying a slight premium at Whole Foods, and rightly so, because you're getting fresh quality and fresh produce. But again, it was that layout that would just bring you in and you'd think, okay. But, but again, you know you're getting high quality food there. But um, all right, you mentioned, of course, about one of your stores which is based in Camden um, the Italian Alley which by the way absolutely superb great prices great food To if you haven't been there go there I can vouch for it I've taken my wife I've taken my children they absolutely love it um, but obviously for, for you what is the criteria which needs to be met is you know in order for the establishment to become a part of the network are you looking at things such as location 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 is it also reputation or is it market trends based on that area because obviously london does offer that stoke newington camden islington what is it for you well i mean uh I guess it's a balance of, of you know all of the elements that you that you mention. Of course, you know when especially when when we help um, clients working on new concepts. Obviously, you know concept and market trends is the first thing uh, to think about. Um, you know you want to do something that is needed in you know in in, in the local community, um, and then obviously after that you you would know your, the demographic that would you know appeal to uh, uh, to your sort of concept and therefore location is very important mm. uh, and you know reputation becomes very important after you you know, open doors and start, start doing your job uh, you know you gotta do it right and make people happy um, so that you oh, get definitely. people to you know talk about you positively oh, so it, it is I think it's a balance of, of, of you know of all of these elements definitely mm. No, definitely. I think Camden is one of the best places to have. If you're going to have anything, Camden is the place because it attracts so many people and there's so many other events going on there and it just lures people who always look for something innovative, new, creative and I suppose something that tastes good at the end of the day, you know. So, no, definitely. And um, you've been on record speaking about um, staffing and, you know, within the hospitality industry. Um, and obviously, as most people tend to use it as a springboard to get into other roles. Obviously, with Brexit and the more recent news that unskilled workers, which I think is an absolute joke, but it's the day and age we're in, will not be able to stay in the UK. What effect do you think this will have within the industry and for yourselves as a company? And do you think it will have a negative or positive effect on user experience? And the reason I ask that, as an example, when I go to an Italian restaurant, I like to be served by someone who is Italian. If I go to an Indian restaurant, someone is Indian, Chinese, you get the picture. So... Well, you're opening a can of worms there. Um, um. <laughs> it is. Um, it was a very tough news. Uh, we yeah. all we all very worried in the industry, of course, because uh, you know, as I came into this country at 19 years old as a um, unskilled worker, uh, and I'm and I'm obviously an immigrant uh, as well, and. 
you know, I started working as a kitchen porter, and I um, and and you know, my I guess my passion and my effort. Um, got me to create employment opportunities and tax revenues today Absolutely. with my companies uh, so obviously that you know when I, when I read when I read the news I was you know her personally yeah, you know, yeah. as well as very worried towards my companies and you know what's going to happen with recruitment and, and finding the you know the right skills and sure. the right people you know from from after December 2020 mm. um, I don't know I, I hope it's still some you know what, 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 what Priti Patel said the other day is something that would evolve into uh, something more manageable uh, mm. before the end of the year obviously the hospitality industry is not the only industry that will suffer from no, this. No, it's not. Uh, you know, my, my wife is a, is, a, is a doctor, works in a hospital. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, the, the, the amount of unskilled workers that, mm. that are over there, I'm not talking about the doctors, of, of course, course, but, you know, nurse assistants and cleaners and all of these people. Yeah. They're a vital part, um, you know, of, of the industry. And similarly, um, in, in what I do, you know, it's a £26,000 is, um, is obviously not a kitchen porter salary no, uh, in the industry, uh, but the kitchen porters uh, is the, are the most important people, mm. uh, you know, in, in the restaurant. Yeah. So it's really bad news. I hope it's going to, you know, better itself before the end of the year. But it looks pretty tragic. Oh, you're right. I hope so as well, because it's, it's funny you mentioned, of course, with your with your story, too, because, you know, my mother as well, She she's an immigrant. And when she came to this country, I think it was about 40 years ago, something like that. It was it was as a it was on a student's visa, which I believe was only about uh, maximum time of six weeks. I could be wrong there. It could have been six months. But again, she was only able to stay here because um, her uncle, who was in America, was able to support her. But in between that, she was doing the jobs that most skilled or unskilled people wouldn't want to do, which was waking up at 4 a.m., working in the hotel, hoovering, cleaning the beds. Then come 1 p.m., going down to Leicester Square, working at the Burger King there until... 12 a.m. and then again and it's true a lot of these so-called unskilled workers and I think it's very unfair to call them that add a lot of value to this country and it is all about that authenticity full stop so I, I know I appreciate that anyway but like I said it is a can of worms so I think it's best to move on from there but um, alright now with with online sales having a huge effect on the uh, high street do you think that this has created more opportunity within the food and beverage sector because I know from experience that we're seeing a huge upturn as an example in coffee shops and restaurants here in Richmond uh, with the emphasis on quality well I mean online sales is definitely changing the industry uh, you know or changing the high street um, I don't think it's necessarily a, a, a bad thing or a bad change it's just a change um, you know petrol station used to have horses to exchange horses um, you know back when we didn't have petrol now they've got petrol eventually they're going to have electricity I guess and charging stations similarly um, you know for for, for the retail and hospitality industry it's just yeah. you know a, a, a change mm-hmm. um, I think what's happening with the high street uh, is more about 
skimming essentially at the moment and, and getting the uh, you know the operators that can manage this change and get on board with it um, to keep operating well and 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 and, and flourish uh, whereas you know other operators and we see you know from, um, from lots of retail stores at the moment suffering big chain suffering oh, massively um, similarly for restaurants you know a, 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 you know your, the likes of Deliveroo Just Eat or these delivery companies are mm-hmm. offering you know uh, a very useful service for, for restaurants people tend to get out less mm-hmm. um, that doesn't necessarily mean that the, the restaurant industry on the high street is going to die because of it it just need to evolve and change it that's is an true. opportunity yeah and adaptation is definitely the key isn't it so mm-hmm. alright and um, I was reading on Forbes magazine a few months back um, they were talking about the upcoming food trends for 2020 and many people thought vegetarian vegan was just a fad people grow old with that but that's going to be again you've seen it yourself and you've probably been a big part of you know the the shift as well because i believe pretz they've got also like a vegetarian uh, outlets mm-hmm. haven't they yeah. um across the uk um obviously there's talks about regenerative agriculture West African cuisine, non-alcoholic, happy hour becoming more mainstream. For yourself, do you see any other upcoming trends uh, happening in the future? Or, well, definitely, you know the. Um um, customers today, especially young customers today, the, 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 um, they pay a lot of attention to the environment and to the health side of, or, or, you know, or, or, or things. Um, so definitely, we, uh, you know, veganism um, easier to stay. I don't think it's just a, a, a trend that will go anytime yeah, soon. I agree. Um, and um, in terms of predicting what's going to happen next, I, 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 I can't tell you today. Uh, what I what I hope it would happen next is to um, hopefully go more, um, you know, from from extreme veganism that we're seeing at the moment to you know closer to my grandmother's diet, where okay. you know yeah. you would um, you wouldn't eat meat every day, you would eat meat once no. or twice a week, yeah. you know, fish once a week, yeah. and then it'd be vegetables and pretty much vegan food. Yeah, maybe a little bit of cheese if yeah. you're lucky, you know, yeah. throughout the week. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, back then, having meat on the table every day was an expensive business. Um, And unfortunately, what's happened, you know, uh, after that is that, you know, people like my parents, for instance, if culturally, if they haven't got meat on the table, Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of, you know, saying something about the status. You know, that's, so that's, that, very that's, true. that's why yeah. you have to meet. You know, you end up eating meat twice a day yeah. because otherwise you're poor. You're you a know, peasant, sort of exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, hopefully we'll see a shift more towards you know uh, flexitarian or how mm. you want to call it or my grandmother's diet. Yeah. Um, uh, but definitely, you know, a night to the environment and to the um, sustainability of, of, of things in general. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where we're going. It's interesting what you mentioned though about the. Um about the status as well because if I'm if I'm led to believe this really as an example truffles which has exploded especially in this country more so has become a very expensive business white truffles black truffles shaving this shaving that used to be regarded as am I right in saying it's peasant food it was 
people, not really wealthy people would be seeing as eating it as often as what they are now. Well, I mean, it is something you, you, you know, that grows and you, you know, you go and find and you pick from the earth. Yeah. Um, you know, um, not, um, you know, from, from where I'm from in, in Italy, I've come from, from Tuscany. It's not really a, 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 a truffle sort of area. No. Um, so my, um, you know, I didn't grow up eating much truffle. Uh, you know, porcini, yes, other types of mushrooms, definitely. Uh, wild asparagus. And this is all stuff that my, you know, I used to go on a Sunday, you know, to the woods with my parents and, you know, and pick oh, nice. rather than go to the supermarket. Nice. Obviously, we don't have truffles in my area, but definitely, you know, more in the north. You know, Alba is very famous for it, but uh, Piemonte in general, mm-hmm. and there is in the north. Truffle uh, has always been, yeah, a lot more common um, than, you know, the, 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 the than in Tuscany yes um, it's definitely become you know luxury food uh, since you know a, a few years yeah definitely well, it has exploded for sure for sure and <laughs> Especially in this country as well. Yeah, You're right. No. It seems to be a. Um, I've seen the change, uh, and it's quite recent. It's only a few years, but it's true. Now you get, you tend to see truffle. Everything, you know, isn't bit, it? A little bit. Olive everywhere. oil, mayonnaise, pesto, crisp flavors. You know, it's just, yeah, it's exploded. I, I, I love it myself personally, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I do, yeah, I enjoy it, but I wouldn't spend as much as what they quote you in a restaurant just for a few shavings on your pasta. I think that's a bit um, too much for me. But anyway, very nice nonetheless. But um, all right, so when you're at home, you're unwinding, you've had a long day, long week, long month, long year. Do you have like a a go-to almost like comfort dish you like to cook for yourself? And do you have like a, a, you know, particular wine that you like to enjoy with that dish? Just You could just chill out and say... A little bit of time for me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love cooking. Not that I get enough time for it, to be yeah. honest. Uh, but if I had to go for comfort food at home, it would it would definitely be a stew, potentially meatballs. Uh, my mum's re- recipe, of okay. course. Um, you can uh, share that with me at the end of the show, yeah. <laughs> of course, uh, maybe. I might have to kill you afterwards. Thank you. Um, yeah, meatballs definitely. I don't, you know, I love a good plate or tripe. Um, again, Very like, nice. you know, like my, my, my grandma used to make it with a little bit of mince meat and tomato mm-hmm. sauce. Uh, but yeah, stews, sort of winter food is my yeah. uh, sort of comfort food, and. Um, uh, if I, you know, the, I do like a glass of wine, mm-hmm. obviously with, uh, you know, with, with my food, one yeah. or two glasses of wine, depends on the yeah. day. Um, do I have a particular kind of wine that I that I that I love or I always go for? Uh, I would say probably uh, probably no. I mean, I'm I'm really close um, uh, to like Morellino di Scanzano. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, it, but only because it's a wine that I sort of grew up with yes. sort of thing or any sort of Sangiovese you know oh, your beautiful. Chianti's your, yeah. um, that's again because it's, it's wine that I, that I grew up with and a great um, wine as well very yeah. good wine um, yeah. I mean at the moment I'm drinking uh, quite a lot of Nero Davola from a producer called Cento Passi okay uh, they are basically um, they work on lands confiscated to the mafia in Italy and they turn wow. them into vineyards win- uh, wow. yeah and uh, vineyards sorry <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, um, and produce different you know diff- lots of different grapes lots of different wines sure um, but yeah 
it, it really depends on the occasion and, and, and on the day, on the weather. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a, a big, big factor for sure. All right, on something uh, more uh, personal. Obviously, uh, I know before the show we were speaking about um, a couple of your passions, one of those being motorbikes. But rather than, you know, find out, you know, what, what is your dream bike, so to speak, um, I'd rather ask, what's your ideal road trip? What would that be? Where would that be? And what bike would you be on? Ooh, that's a good question. Again, it will probably depend on the weather. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I've got a, um, I've got an old Vespa, and I love going around in the old Vespa. Uh, and I've, you know, I've, 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 I've ridden everywhere with that Vespa. I've been to the north of France. Um, I've been to, you know, to to to, um, to Liverpool and m- most of England actually on on, on that little scooter. Mm. Um, and it's lovely. Um, it's you know painful if you ride for twelve hours on you know on, on, a, on a PX, yeah. but you know it's it's, it's quite rewarding. Um, I bought a uh, a cruising bike and um, an old BMW and R eighty uh, three or four years ago. Oh, lovely. Um, and I learned that I can go much further uh, mm-hmm. and much faster on a vehicle like that. It's much more comfortable. Um, so you know what I what I probably my my, my favorite. Uh, trip or the one I do the most at the moment is just riding down to the coast okay. uh, whether it's Hastings or Brighton or going down to Devon I love uh, yeah. you know in the southwest yeah. uh, just, I just love getting on the bike riding to the seaside looking at the sea for a while taking it all in you know yeah. get back and ride home that's it yeah. no, lovely lovely <laughs> so uh, Gabriel obviously you're, you're a very busy man um, and you're going to make your schedule even busier now because uh, I hear that you're going to be opening uh, a new restaurant uh, in Camden, opposite the Italian Alley. Correct. Um, it's going to be on, in the north yard of Camden. Okay. Um, yeah, we're yeah. going to be next next door to Amy Winehouse statue. Oh um, wow. wow! So we we're moving some of the concepts of the Italian Alley uh, into you know a, a, a restaurant with four walls and a and, and a roof. Um, the restaurant is going to be called. Baladen Kandem, who's our our beer partners, our uh, okay, brewery okay. partners, Baladen, um, and he's going to be an, an Italian restaurant uh, serving you know great Italian food, pasta, pizza, obviously your, you know uh, truffle, and oh, okay. um, I'm there. I'm and, there. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and obviously some great some great beers. Yes, um, we open in we just we we're just about we're still on building site where we we set to open on the second of March. Okay, very um, soon. Very soon. Very soon. Very wow. soon. We're almost ready to go. Okay. So I'll take it the first meal I'll be getting for free. Of course. And all the truffle that I want and all the pizza. (laughs) As much truffle as you like. Perfect. I'm there. Brilliant. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay. And lastly, uh, music wise, Mm -hmm. uh, you seem like a man who's quite eclectic, you know, has different set of genres he likes what are your go-to genres and are there any instruments you, you know you enjoy playing or what uh, Tigo genre uh, it depends on what I'm doing uh, and it depends on kind of the it kind of goes in trends um, and they do come back when we were talking before before these about um, the, the, the amount of metal I'm listening to at the moment okay. is, is a metal phase this one I'm uh, listening to a lot of stone and rock yes. uh, from you know Caius the Melvins um, um, Clutch uh, Weed Eater and, uh, and, and so on um, but I I've been I've growing up playing music I started playing piano when I was about 10 oh lovely um, then I got into 
um, to the high school and piano not, is not that cool anymore. So no, I, I, not, I, unfortunately I, I, not. No, no, <laughs> uh, no, no. I took up um, electric bass first and then double bass because you always need a, a bass in a band. Always, um, always. And I, you know, played anything from jazz to, again, metal or, or rock. Okay. Um, but it, it depends. Now it's a metal phase. Um, I just came out of a sort of Afrobeat sort of, sort, sort of phase. Afrobeat, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it depends. And it also depends on the time. You know, I love cleaning the the, the my, my flat to you know some some fast industrial or some hairspray sure. metal. It, sure. it, it depends. No, definitely, definitely. It's true. Even even like if I'm working out as an example, if it's going to be an intense workout, it will need to be something that has some uh, sort of level of speed or aggression to it. So definitely more on the rocky reg. But if it's if I'm with the kids at, at home on a weekend. Just unwind and relax, and got some generic music on the background. It may be, you know, some jazz, or may just be some easy listening pop music. Just because it creates that atmosphere, doesn't it? Mm. But again, it depends on what you're looking for at the time. But um, all right. And any concerts that you've been to that really stand out for you? Like whether that's been in Europe or outside of Europe or within the UK. Uh, I guess many concerts that you know they, they, it depends I love going to gigs yeah. um, I go as much as possible one of my favorite bands to um, to go and see and thankfully they come to the UK uh, quite a lot is Tower of Power okay. Um, okay. Um, it's a funk band that's been going on since 1968 right um, so I always love going to see them you know it's, it's, it's a big show there's a, it's a lot of them on stage yeah. uh, it's pretty good um, but uh, again Anything you know, the from you know, from a small Abishai and gig uh, at Ronnie Scott's to no, yeah. um, you know, to, to, to Tower of Power at, at the forum, or you know, um, uh, a metal yeah. band in a bigger venue. Um, Have you ever been the, to the Download Festival by any chance? Or I've never been to the Download Festival, okay. No. no, okay, that's definitely one if you're into because you're into quite a spread of um, different bands and, and whatnot, you would definitely appreciate the Download festival I, I was close to go a couple of years ago and then some work commitments happened and, yeah. and I couldn't go but yeah no he's, he's a they usually have a pretty good lineup and it's near Donaldson Castle as well which I think where they've got the um, motorcycle racetrack as well so okay. you can always combine both your passions there so <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily recommend listening to that music while driving a motorbike but uh, yeah <laughs> alright fine well Gabrielle thank you very much for today it's been very insightful um, thank you I feel I've learned a lot and hopefully our viewers and listeners uh, will have too so thank you for your time once again um, and yes thank you once again for tuning in and until next time uh, be good